This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Mary Schrader talks about surrendering to the muddiness of motherhood. Do mothers often feel they are failing? Does a house have to be perfectly clean and organized? What keeps a woman motivated in the vocation of motherhood? Well, let's find out. Mary Schrader is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. This is Mary Schroeder. She is uh, going to talk to us about surrender in the muddiness of motherhood. Love it. All right. So introduction. Mary has a religious education degree from Franciscan University of Steubenville. She stays home and helps many of her children through a virtual school based in Lawrence, Kansas, giving her children several of the bonuses of homeschooling with the support of a supplied curriculum, as well as personal teachers to help her guide and monitor her children's progress. Mary Schroeder is married to Gordon Schroeder. They have nine children, Rebecca and Samuel in high school at TMP, Jacob and Paul in middle school through Lawrence Virtual School, and Miriam Zipporah Mm -hmm. and Peter in grade school through LVS, along with Benjamin, who is three years old, and Joseph, who is 15 months old. Wonderful. Such a a delight to have you here. So um, topic is what comes uh, surrender in the muddiness of motherhood. So what comes to mind as you reflect on motherhood? Well, um, for me personally, uh, the, the jump for motherhood, uh, it didn't really feel like it was this calculated, um, boy, now I'm going to be a mother. It was kind of more of like a sideways tumble. Um, At each stage of my life, I feel like I kind of turned my brain on a little more, but I could never really see that far ahead. So so 22-year-old me couldn't couldn't imagine where I am now, you know, and it's kind of, I guess that's the way God designed it. But it seems like uh, instead, I sort of winged it, you know, for the next 17 years of life. I've been welcoming a child every year and a half to two years, yeah. which, by the way, as an aside, is an amazing blessing because kids are so great. And yeah. we are so wonderful. We're so blessed to have so many. But like I say, it's not really um, this clean, controlled experiment like I made this plan and I'm going for it. It was sort of just, uh, wow, here we are. Learn to swim, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it's been kind of um, interesting for me. But uh, with that thought of uh, the muddiness, I guess, in that sense of just kind of falling into it. Um, I did take a bit to reflect a little more seriously, and I turned to a document by um, John Paul II, the apostolic letter on the dignity and vocation of women. And um, he has just some beautiful things to say. I love listening to John Paul II. Mm. But he talks about motherhood. Well, let me step back a sec. His main um, focus, I feel like, is always that man cannot find himself without realizing that he um, is is in gift. So man can only find him through, himself through a sincere gift of himself to another. And then basically John Paul II ties it in here around paragraph 18 about how um, motherhood allows women to give ourselves as pure gift in a way that men can't and in, a, in, in such a special way to how we're created to be. So um, he says, motherhood is the fruit of the marriage union of a man and a woman of the biblical knowledge which corresponds to the union of the two in one flesh. 
This brings about on the woman's part a special gift of self. And then a little later, um, this mutual gift of the person in marriage opens to the gift of a new life, a new human being. Motherhood implies from the beginning a special openness to the new person that's precisely on the woman's part. And this openness in conceiving and giving birth to a child, the woman discovers herself through a sincere gift of herself. And mm-hmm. just that, that beauty of being able to give yourself in a way you never could have imagined before you have children. Um, And then a little further, it expresses the woman's joy and awareness that she is sharing in the great mystery of eternal generation and the spouse's share in the creative power of God. I think, um, was it Janet Smith maybe that said that, that before you have a child, you create someone that didn't exist before and will exist forever. Mm. Like the the power and the weightiness and the beauty of that, like it's so lofty and wonderful. And uh, John Paul II goes on to talk about just like scientific studies and how women are just made to be pregnant and carry babies and just so much beauty. But he says it goes beyond that to, to more even the, the psychological and the social. Motherhood as a human fact and phenomenon is fully explained on the basis of truth about the person. And then he... he continues, Mary's words at the Annunciation, let it be to me according to your word, signify the women's readiness for the gift of self and her readiness to accept a new life. It's just, it's so beautiful, you know, the gift of motherhood and that we're able to become mothers and have children. Like I just, I'm in awe, right? So it's so gorgeous the way God set it up and the beauty of his plan. It it, it truly is such a a beautiful thing. I think it it really, um, you know, just the, the beauty of the gift that we are given as women to to bring babies into the world, it really hit home for me about a year ago, actually, when my um, granddaughter was born. Because, you know, I tell everybody I never saw a baby be born before, but my daughter had me come into the room. I have eight children, right? But I'd never seen one be born until I was in there with my my daughter and my son-in-law. And what a what a beautiful thing to be on that the other yeah, side. Yeah, absolutely. To to you know to have experienced it myself, but mm-hmm. then to to be able to help someone else, you know, through through the process. It was just absolutely beautiful to see how how you know God has made our bodies, has made us, you know, to to be able to do that, and and you know even in great pain to to really be able to to in, you know experience that life mm-hmm. from from the love of of two people so mm-hmm. what a beautiful thing it was yeah yeah so so good so so let's talk a little bit more about what we're our topic here surrender in the muddiness of motherhood so muddiness talk to me about muddiness i can think of a whole lot of ways to define muddiness in motherhood um, but what's your definition on the muddiness well i just you know i set up this great um great pie in the sky example here for this first one and now i'm going to be real about it right so the pope is so beautiful like he writes this so eloquently and it's oh it's beautiful and you even said you know you talk about birth but birth is muddy. Yes. Birth is messy. It is yes. dirty. I mean, just getting pregnant, like <laughs> what he says that when you're pregnant, women are able to give in a way we never imagined. Absolutely. Yeah. If we knew what it was like to be pregnant before being pregnant, like I think I might have taken a little more calculated step. I mean, honestly, because your body changes in so many ways. Yes. Everything about you is stretched. You know, your your body is physically stretched. I mean, your habits are stretched. You want to eat. You want to, you have to go to the bathroom more. You know, I mean, your emotions are crazy. Like when I'm pregnant, I feel like I'm out of control because of this little life that's creating me. It's just, it's, it's so 
um, while it's beautiful and wonderful, it's it's muddy and it's messy yeah. and and it's and you know and then you have the birth and you've got all of those gross body functions all happening at once. But like you said, you you capture the awe of it that yes. as this baby comes out, you know, when you're the one doing it, all I can think is, oh my gosh, I can't believe I just did that. There's all these people in the room, you know, yeah. and it's so yeah. gross and so terrible. This last um, one of births, my birth, I remember I was in Plainville and um, there were a couple of learning nurses there that were watching and they were sitting with me most of the day and my labor sometimes takes a long time. So, um, you know, they're sitting with me most of the day and they really need to go home, but they just are like, can we stay? We asked if we could stay. (laughs) And so they ended up staying until the baby was finally born. And I'm just like, I'm so sorry you had to wait so long. Like it took forever. And and it's so gross and disgusting, you know, all these things. And their their faces were just like angels. They were just in absolute awe of the beauty of the moment. And it really kind of pulled me back because to me, it's so gross and so dirty and so painful and the screaming and the horror, like, (laughs) you know, those newborn pictures are so clean and whatever, but that's not how life is. Yes. Life is muddy and messy. Yes. And that's the beauty of it that we have to learn kind of going back to that childlikeness, you know, of being muddy and messy and chaos. And that brings me to my next kind of point was about how children um, tend to cause this muddiness and this messiness, you yes. know. Um, and like I said, I, I don't think that's bad. I think that it kind of reorients us to like, you know, these garden metaphors and stuff. I was thinking about this. Okay, so you know how you like, why, do, why does the world tend toward messiness rather than cleanliness? Like if you shut up a room, you clean it, you shut it up, and you let it sit for like 10 years, it's not going to get cleaner. It's going to get dirty, you know? It's like, why do we tend that way? Why does dust come? Why does animals break in and cause this? Like I'm just this kind of this mystery of how the world is constantly moving and changing and it's not meant to be sterile and clean. Like we, this this false notion that we create of what is good and important, you know? One day um, I was also reflecting that there is, I concluded there is a consistent constant, what did I say, a consistent constant tendency of life toward disorder and chaos. Like we're on this big wheel that spins to disrupt it all. And if the kids are unchecked without my weightiness or another adult to slow them down, they lean into this centripetal force and the wheel just spins faster and faster and they create these epic messes. Yeah. <laughs> and they tend to lose control and they break things and they don't understand how they work. They don't know how to be gentle and careful. And and like just all this, this sense of... Um, like dust, you know, coming and the float sam of life and the papers and how it's just such chaos. But then I realized, um, I stepped back that it's, it's kind of like the garden, you know, like, like as we're, as we're, um, growing these children, it takes a while for it to take root. You have to every day be consistent and be patient, be teaching, and they need to be digging their roots deep. And um, and it also, okay, so I'm, I'm kind of jumping around here. That's why I'm lost. But I was going to read a little bit from the catechism because as in parenting, there's some, there's a really good quote here that talks about, um, well, parents have the first responsibility for the education of their children. They bear witness to this responsibility first by creating a home where tenderness, forgiveness, respect, fidelity, and disinterested service are the rule. This home is well-suited for education in the virtues. The virtues require an apprenticeship in self-denial, sound judgment, and self-mastery, the preconditions of all true freedom. Mm. Parents should teach their children to subordinate the material and, and instinctual dimensions to interior and spiritual ones. Parents have a grave responsibility to give good example to their children by knowing how to acknowledge their own failings to their children, and parents will be better able to guide and correct them. Mm. So there's a lot in that, but it's just so beautiful where tenderness, forgiveness, respect, fidelity, disinterested service. Never does it say clean counters. Never does it say mm. not muddy feet. You know, like like the world gives us this view and and we need to reorient to what really is 
what really is important, yeah. you know? Educating your children. Um, so when I first started, back when I just had a few, uh, I read that book by Holly Perlo, you know, the something about life. I forget. Uh, I have it somewhere. Mother's Rule of Life. Mother's Rule of Life. There you go. And I sat down and I said, all right, I am going to figure out what needs to be done for my kids because I'm taking this seriously by God. We need to educate our children. Yeah. So I sat down and I said, well, we need to do this reading and we need to do this science and we need to do this, you know, we need to do our religion. We need to do this and this and this. And I had this whole list of things. And then I looked at my day and I put in, you know, nap time and feedings and whatever. And I was like, there is not enough time to get yeah. this done. Yeah. And from that moment, it's it's like that's when it became muddy for me because I realized that my perfect world and my perfect view of what I wanted yeah. is not realistic. And it's not – it would be – like we're not in a sterile environment. We are meant to be moving and breathing and, and you know, we're, we're not we're not a stiff created. We are constantly in motion. We are yeah. – life, you know, is flowing through us. And it's like we need to respect that rather than be rigid and stiff and – clean and sterile and so and that's where the beauty takes place you know excellent and do you want to talk more about the muddiness was there more that you wanted to say about that oh I do have another story so um, as I talked about you know how the world kind of gives you a view of how things are supposed to look I feel like at least for myself like I was formed a certain way and when things don't look that way I kind of get uptight and anxious like it's not like everybody else it doesn't look right I'm not doing this right Um, and but I have a a kind of a, a praise story here about one of my daughters. Um, so my daughter Zipporah recently received her first reconciliation, and um, I had prepared her at home because that's how we usually do it since we homeschool. But it was messy. <laughs> it was a struggle. We had struggled to get our schoolwork done, you know, and so work on the sacraments. While it's very important, it's also difficult to get that done. And we didn't make it through the book we were using, and she was just dragging her feet. And you know, you can't wait forever. You got to keep moving. And I wasn't overly impressed with the book anyway. So I sat her down and I talked her through it, and I answered all the questions, and we got this great morality discussion with her older siblings too and finally we talked to father and we scheduled it and boom it happened and then I wondered was it good you know did she really understand the sacrament or is she just doing this because mom made me mom says to say this you know like is, is she really owning it you know I'm really questioning myself and wondering so the day afterward this was on a Sunday. We went. Right, she went before Mass. The day afterward, I'm, we're getting ready to, I'm to take her and her sister to town for scouts. And she has her journal in her hand, and she's looking a little flustered. And I said, she's looking for this paper that had fallen out of it. And I helped her find it, and I asked her why she was so concerned about it. And the paper um, was that she had written her act of contrition on it, mm-hmm. and she was thinking of going to confession that evening, mm-hmm. the next day, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. here I am. I'm like, did the sacrament take? I, I don't know. And here she is. I'm going to do it again. Like, yeah. this was good. And so it's just my mom heart just melted because um, she she knew, and, and then the beauty of it is that I didn't tell her, you know, um, I'm going to confession tomorrow if you wanted to go, and most people don't go the day after their first confession, but, you know, if you feel yeah. you need to. Yeah. You know, I didn't say any of that. It's just I had regu- I regularly go to confession once a week, and the girls yeah. see it yeah. because we go to the campus center, and we sit. It's before Mass. We go early so we can go to confession and then go to Mass, and it's important, and it's daily Mass. And I, I say it, you know, I, I, I try to impress upon them that daily Mass is good for us but not required. You know, it's just a, a good practice. And th- so they see me going, and they see me doing that. It was just – it was so moving because it feels like – um, sometimes, like, especially Zipporah has trouble sitting before church and, and, you know, is constantly up and getting a rosary and over there and talking to the baby. You know, yeah. it's just like, okay, kid, are you really? But this moment really brought it home that she gets it. She sees me and she's she's imitating me. And and that's more beautiful and, and more real 
you know, all the all the muddiness and messiness that it looks like, that's that's better than if it, we were in an environment and she was writing all the answers correct for her test, you know? Sure. Like, it's just she gets it in her heart. Yeah. Like, that's so beautiful. Yeah. So. Ah, love that. Love that. What a what a blessing your children have to have you as their their mom. That's really really beautiful. So, um thank you for sharing all of that information. So, um again, for all of our listeners out there, if you're just tuning in, we're talking with Mary Schroeder about the surrender in the muddiness of motherhood. She's a mother of 9, so she definitely has a lot of great information to draw on. You know, we've talked about uh, just what the muddiness is, talked about that. So what does surrender look like in your experience of motherhood? What isn't surrender? That's what I want to know is what Ooh. isn't surrender <laughs> in motherhood? So so go ahead and talk to us a little bit about that. Well, I would say surrender is not so much something you can see, but it's something you can feel. Mm. So if you looked at my life, you know, unsurrendered and surrendered, the day is going to look really similar, right? Mm. I'm going to be doing the same things. I'm going to probably be, you know, the, the structure, the whatever that goes through my day is going to look really mm. similar. It kind of makes me think of like, um, say, a horse in a cart. You know, you've got this horse that's that's strapped into the harness. And mm. so like when the horse wants to do whatever it wants, it, you know, it's jerking its head to this side or to that side, or it wants to eat right now, or it wants to run fast or go slow, or, and it's like straining against the harness. Yeah. It, that's like when we're not surrendered in our day. You know, yeah. we're kind of, fl- for me at least especially, I'm flighty. I'm, my, my brain is going, you should be doing this. I hear this, you know, the little demon on your shoulder. You should be doing this. You're not doing this enough. Your children need yeah. their studies. You need to be doing this meal. You need to be cleaning this. You need to be worrying about this. Have you thought about that? You know, and they're constantly pulling at you. And so it's like if you're fighting that harness yeah. constantly all day, you're not surrendering to it. And at the end of the day, you're frustrated. And did you actually go anywhere where when we can stop, step back, surrender, realize where we are, you know, at the That's why it's so important, I feel like, um, to have prayer in the morning, to just reorient it and to to sit back and look at the big picture. And so it's like I can see in the morning, oh, I'm strapped to my cart today. Like, okay, God, this is where I am. This is the vocation you've given me. This is the path you want me on. Where do you want me to go today? You know, and I can let him drive and let him say, and, and it's so hard because it's so tempting to say, well, this is a good thing and we need to do that. And so tempting, especially the world will say, well, you just need to buckle up and push harder, yeah. which sometimes you do, but sometimes you need to have mercy too. Sometimes you need to say, you know what? We're not getting anywhere today and you're frustrated and my kid's crying and we're just going to, we're going to call it on this and we're going to do something else. You know, you need to be open to the Holy Spirit to move you where God wants you through the day and if you can surrender to that and like really lean into it as compared to like being so stiff and rigid then it just makes it all flow so much better and it brings meaning and depth to it so I really love that analogy you know I, I don't I don't know that I've ever reflected in that way before the the horse and the the harness that's just fighting against it as opposed to you know really just surrendering it and 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 letting the graces flow and help us you know if we're fighting against it then we're not getting as many graces as if we surrender it and offer it to to christ as an as an act of love yeah it really hit me i was reading uh some some devotional and it talked about it talked about surrender as basically that's how you become a saint is to surrender Mm. because we can't earn our sanctity no matter how much we try we can't 
get there that way. And the only way is to surrender and let God do it, you know. But the hard part that I'm feeling is that it takes forever. (laughs) I mean, of course, it's going to take the the rest of your life, you know. Exactly. But but (laughs) when you think about it, when God's working on you and we get back to that muddiness, it, it it's it's slow because we are living and breathing. And if it went fast, like, I'm sure God could fix us like that, yeah. but it wouldn't be us. Then we would be broken in something else. It's like he has to slowly, slowly keep working us over and working us over to create this beautiful thing that he wants as compared to if he does it too fast, then we won't catch up, you know, or then we'll get stuck or then we get wounded or, you know, so it's like that right. whole Right. You got to be able to keep up with his his pace and his yeah. he, he does it exactly the way we need it slowly and yeah. it, it kills me but yeah. but that's yeah. what the point is <laughs> yeah exactly we need to take a break right now but don't change that dial we'll be right back with more about surrendering to the muddiness of motherhood on one body with Mary Schrader. One body. on One Body Stewarding God's Creation. Surrender to the muddiness of motherhood. With Mary Schrader. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. Stewarding God's Creation. So do you have tips on how we can surrender. <laughs> Give us some real yes, tangible yes. ways on how we can surrender. But I do want to say one other thing before, yeah, as I was yeah, reflecting sure. on this. Um, so I was going to say something about, like, I feel like my superpower is to bring order to chaos, right? Okay. So that's kind of what I do throughout my day. Like, first thing in the morning, I'm in the bathroom, I'm putting dirty clothes back in the hamper, you know, I'm doing, going in the kitchen, moving dishes, you know, but, and I was like, oh, I'm going to tell them about this great stuff that I do all day. And then I started to think about it. And I was like, just because that's my subroutine is to always do that. And that's a good habit in general. Like I need to be careful. Like that's kind of almost a trap for me to, to be like, oh, well, I just do this. I just do this. I just do this. I'm created this way and look what I can do. And to like, take your brain out and take your heart out of what you're doing. You know, it's, it's like contrary to Mother Teresa, who is, or was Mother Teresa, maybe, I don't know, or, or Therese of Lisieux, where you, you do one little thing, you know, with Trace love. Therese of Lisieux. Yeah, yeah. You pick up the pin with love. It's yes. like when we're just doing it without thinking, which even if it's a good thing to do, it, it, it's like it robs it of the, of the deeper meaning for yeah. it, you know? And yeah. so it's like we always want to try and stay, don't run ahead of the grace, you know? That's someone else says that too. Yeah. But just that sense of um, putting meaning in each moment. And so it's like, don't let yourself just run on autopilot. I mean, sometimes we do, but you want to try and bring it back. Always, always in my heart, I'm trying to bring it back to Jesus. Like, all right, here we are. You know, what are we doing next? Yeah. So I always, that's my, uh, my own shortcoming, I guess, is just to always yeah. try and be, to, to just let myself fall into this busyness when I need to bring myself back and be like, okay, well, what am I doing right now? And why am I doing it? And keep the focus, yeah. you know? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, very good. Well, I had another story I wanted to uh, bring up from the Bible, actually, just this sense sometimes we feel like we have to do it all. And um, I like to think, um, I did the Bible in the Year with Father Mike Schmitz last year, and actually I'm going through it again this year because it's just so, yeah. he's got such good, you know, it's just so good to get scripture. I read the Bible on my own too, but it's just so good to get yeah. the story, he I feel like. He catechism in, in the year Yeah, I'm going to do that next yeah, year. Yeah. yeah, I'm excited about that. Yeah. I've actually read the catechism a couple of times. This will be my third time through it as an adultish person, yeah. so I think it'll be good. But um, uh, they, they talk about this story one time of... Um, 
the ark uh, is stolen, like the Israelites take it into battle and it gets stolen. And um, because they're not doing it right, they're not listening to God or whatever, they got idols. I don't remember what the exact specifics were, but it gets stolen and it's taken to the you know enemy camp. And and while it's there, like their God gets knocked down on his face and then gets broken. And, and then there's like a plague and, you know, the, of the leprosy, I think, and like, or boils or something, and then like mice or rats or whatever. But the point is that God can take care of himself. You know, he doesn't need us to do these things. If he wanted to snap his fingers, he could do anything he needed, you yes. know, anything. And it's like we don't we, – we, we say that, but do we really believe that? You know, yeah. because we act as if, oh, no, if I don't do it, it's not going to get done. You know, and, and we kind of freak – well, maybe, maybe just me. I should just speak <laughs> for myself. But I freak out about things because I'm like, oh, if I don't do this, it won't get done or it won't be done right or whatever. You know, and it's like we need to step back and just let God – if it's important enough to him, he'll work it out. Yeah. And you know, how many times do you look back at a, at something that happened and you're like, wow, God just like worked that right out. You know, yeah. I remember um, when we were living out in the country and we had, we were trying to get out in the country, we didn't have a lot of money. And so we're like, okay, we're going to sell our house and we're going we're gonna to live in this little shack and we're going to sell our house so we won't have to rent double while we're trying to sell and it'll work. So <laughs> we were like, well, just, it'll be real quick, right? Couple months, maybe yeah. six months, maybe a year. We were there two years. Okay, we were trying to get our house to sell. It wouldn't sell. Yeah. We're renting it. And then the renters can't buy it. They were going to rent to buy. They couldn't. I was just like, really, God, really? And so my prayer was just, um, God, I really want to be in a big house by by winter because it just was hard to live in this tiny little house in the winter and whatever. And I just kept praying that. And I just, I was like, I know, God, if you want to, you can just, you can work this out. I just yeah. really had that faith. And, and he did. And two months later, and not just that, like, it wasn't the way I expected, though. You know, I wanted to, I wanted the builder to show up and say, I'm going to build and we're going to do this. And all these things were just going to fall into place. And God's like, nope, just kidding. Or instead, our neighbor down the road was like, hey, we have this house and it's going to be empty. Would you like to live in it? And we're like, uh, yeah. And it just happened to be five bedrooms. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, thank you, God. And it's been such a blessing, you know, but it's just like. God can do that. It's like yeah. we need to step back and surrender. We need to step back and not be pushing through. I love to push through things. That's what I do. I push through and I break things because I'm strong and I'm like, we're not messing around. We got to get this done. That's not how God works. Yeah. You know, I mean, sometimes you need pressure and pushing, but you don't need to be forcing it. You know, you have to just let God move as he moves. It's just like in birth too. You know, I was just thinking about that this the other day. Um, My first labor that I was in, with each contraction, I would grab the sides of the bed and I would hold so tight because it hurt, you know, and my tent, that's how I deal with pain. I tense up. So I would just uh, uh, every time. And it's like, I was totally fighting what my body was trying to do. You know, now as as a experienced mother of surviving birth, I know that when a contraction comes, you just got to relax. You've got to relax as best you can and let your body do what it's trying to do, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's just the same thing with God. It's like, relax, even in the pain and the struggle of life relax and you know trust that this is for your good god is working something you and and the the beauty of that is that like we don't always see it because god's got everybody you know and he can like they always say the mosaic he can see the whole thing and we can only see our one little thread you know so just that focus of so i guess what next was like the heart of surrender surrender. um so being at peace so it's not so much what is done, but how you do it. You know, like I was kind of saying, that's what surrender looks like. Yeah. It, you don't really see it on the outside. but And it's not just I'm still or I'm quiet. Like peace is deeper. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's really being okay with what is going on. And, and it's hard to get to sometimes. You know, it's a gift from God to, to be able to do that. Um, 
So in a book I once read, there was a story about this guy that was teaching a girl how to shoot a bow, right? She'd never shot a bow. And so she's a quick learner. And soon she's like hitting the target, like, look at me. And so then she's getting ready to shoot it again. And he comes and he blows on her ear real, mm. real, real gentle. And she misses, you know, and, or he touches her arm just a little. Mm. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, in a battle, you're, you're not going to, it's not going to be perfect. Somebody's going to bump yeah. you. Somebody's yeah. going to, you need to be able to hit the target with distractions. Yeah. And it's the same thing for surrender. I can surrender to God when I'm well rested and my house is clean and my kids are outside and my bank account is full and I have nothing pressing. Sure. I got yeah. this, yeah. you know, but but what about when things are muddy, when I'm sick and assignments are pressing, when work is challenging and the dishwasher just broke and your husband is out of town for a week? Mm. How about then? Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, it's a skill is good, but life isn't lived in a vacuum. Right. And so I don't know. Sometimes um, I love the cleanliness, but sometimes I just you can't bring it forth in your particular work circumstances and you have to work under the conditions. Well, what then? So this is what you were saying. What What is your advice? My advice is to go back to our traditional roots of faith, hope and love. Mm. Right. So in the midst of the struggle, I, I say an act of faith. I might not feel it right now, but you are God and you love me. This may seem pointless, but I'm trusting in your purpose behind it. Like the prayer of Abraham and Sarah that seemed impossible. You know, Abraham is old. Sarah is old and infertile. Like, what is God saying? You know, and but they trust and he did it. Mm. And the same goes in our lives when things not seem not to be adding up and we just keep pressing forward, keep trusting. We have that faith that God is working in this no yes. matter how much we try to mess it up or think we're messing it up. Yes. And then hope, you know, God, I trust in you. I trust you desire good for me and our family. I trust you desire good for this situation, whatever happens or is happening. You're working good from it. Just this this hopefulness that yeah. God will keep his promises. He's faithful and he's good. Yeah. Um, and then I make an act of love. You know, so oftentimes I don't want to do this, <laughs> but yeah. it's for the good of the other yeah. or even my own good, you know, for self-mastery. But yeah. sometimes like I'd rather not clean up puke in the bathroom at 3 a.m. But yeah. for the good of the family that yeah. needs to use the bathroom, I will clean it before someone else steps in it. Yeah. You know, I'd rather not wash those dishes or cook again, but for the good of those that need to eat, I will do these things, you yes. know, sacrificial yes. love, loving through the mess when it hurts and when it's inconvenient. And so like just falling back on that and then forging bonds. Okay. So when you survive a trauma with someone such as like getting trapped in an elevator or maybe surviving a tornado in the basement, you kind of form this bond with people. Yeah. Well, I look at life as a little bit of a trauma every day, right? It's kind of messy. <laughs> and so surrender is letting the bond form with God letting the trauma clear away our attachments yeah. and keep us humble and letting us invite us into his arms. So instead of bolting like a bunny into this consolation or that, like binge watching TV or food, you know, or strong drink or self-care, not that any of those are necessarily wrong, but when we're turning to them instead of God, when we're avoiding praying because, you know, oh, I can't handle this. I'm just going to go eat something. Oh, I can't handle this. I'm going to go do these things, trying to fill that space when God is like, I am right here, you know, yeah. come to me. Yeah. And you don't have to like the mud. You can like the cleanliness, but you don't have to be afraid. And letting that just turn you back to Jesus, like yeah. letting the, the struggles of the day, even just the little ones. And that's something too, like my day is so mundane. I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> oh, my kid's crying. You know, it's like, it, it, it's so, um, I feel like not important, I would say. It's important to me. I'm their mother and it's important to them because they're in chaos, right? But yeah. in the big scale, one little kid crying is nothing to the world, right? Yeah. I'm not saving millions of lives. I'm not, you know, keeping the world safer. I'm not doing any of these things by the worldly standard. But it's like, to me, I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do it well and God's paying attention, you yeah. know, just to remember and to bring it back. Like this little plug is where he wants me and where he's working and to just 
honor that in a sense that, you know, it's still hard. Even if I'm not doing anything important, I'm still doing things. Mm-hmm. And that's what God wants. And, and he wants to know about it. And he wants my heart in the midst of that, you yeah. know, so I can surrender even the little things, like, yeah. or perhaps most importantly, the little things. Yeah. And, you know, you were kind of talking about how mundane, you know, how, I don't know what word you used, inconsequential, I don't know what it was that, that you said. But it, but it made me think of my wonderful husband who one time typed up for Mother's Day a quote by Cardinal Menzenti. Have you, have you heard of it before? No. What is more glorious than a mother? And I'm going to look it up on my phone oh, okay. and I'll read it at the end whenever okay. we get ready because it really truly is. You know, and, and I, the only thing that bothers me about it is that it talks about, you know, the, the mothers who birth the children, and it really doesn't talk about those that who adopt children. So I don't want any of our listeners to be offended by it, because I think you're just as much a mother as, you know, those of us that have been blessed to, to give birth to a child. So I don't want anybody to be offended by it. But I think, you know, you can apply it to whether you adopt or, or whether you didn't. So I'll find it on my phone and I'll, I'll share it with you. Well, absolutely. Just like this document on the dignity and vocation of women, um, John Paul II talks about it, like how, you know, the, the beauty of um, consecrated women who are obviously not biological mothers, but that mm. they still are live a motherhood, a spiritual motherhood. You know, yes. it's our it's our, our calling as we're created to be as women. And I think it's really beautiful. Um, I remember when I was praying before I got married, I was, you know, kind of asking God, what am I supposed to do? You know, is this the one? Whatever. So after several series of uh, adoration and prayer, um, he told me I was supposed to be holy. And I'm like, okay, okay, we're on the right track. That's good. <laughs> Listening, getting this. Okay, holy, got you. And yeah. so then he's like, uh, after, you know, several more sessions of praying and asking, it was like, you're called to be a mother. And I was like, okay, that's great. But that doesn't tell me if I'm supposed to be married. You know, like I still don't know. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It's just funny. But it's just the beauty that I don't want to overlook that. Like that's how we're naturally geared. Sometimes I feel like, um, especially with uh, people pushing women, oh, you need to be able to do everything a man can do. You need to be able to do this line of work and have whatever. And, you know, it. I feel like they're missing the beauty that we are. You know, mm-hmm. just embrace like nobody wants to embrace what we are and, and embrace what we I don't know. I want to live in the 1960s household where the <laughs> husband comes home and I give him his pipe and his slippers, you know, the traditional. <laughs> I, there's a beauty in that. And like, yeah. oh, the woman's not respected or whatever. But it, I, I don't know. It's appealing to me. Just that yeah. that sense of, of comfort, of knowing that I provide something different and loving through my means of being a mother. Like yeah. and, and I was just reflecting on how I. I mother people all the time. I'm not just my own kids. I mother other people, (laughs) but it's, that's how I interact. That's how I love because that's how I'm created to be. And it's like, why fight this? Why do I have to be something else that I'm not when this is what I am? Yeah. So just that, did you find it? I did find it. I I, I can save it until later though, because I don't want to take away from what, from what you're doing here. You ready to do it? Let the Holy Spirit move. All right, let's do it. (laughs) So um, I actually found it on the EWTN website. Oh, beautiful. The title is what is more, glorious than a mother. It says the most important person on earth is a mother. She cannot claim the honor of having built Notre Dame Cathedral. She need not. She has built something more magnificent than any cathedral, a dwelling for an immortal soul, the tiny perfection of her baby's body. The angels have not been blessed with such a grace. They cannot share in God's creative miracle to bring new saints to heaven. Only a human mother can. Mothers are closer to God, the creator, than any other creature. God joins forces with mothers in performing this act of creation. What on God's good earth is more glorious than this, to be a mother? 
That is it, beautiful. Isn't it beautiful? You just need to hear it sometimes. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I've thought about that many times about how Mary, you know, immediately as she knows that her cousin is pregnant and runs to her, Mary's like just freshly pregnant herself. Think about it. She probably had morning sickness. I mean, can you yeah, imagine? Yeah. And traveling along. And yeah. I've often told my husband this too, you know, the joyful mysteries. Like I look at them from a mother's perspective and I'm like, that yeah. doesn't seem very joyful. There was a lot of suffering. I mean, can you imagine walking a million miles when you're pregnant yeah. to go help your pregnant yeah. cousin? I mean, it's beautiful that she offers, but it's like, wow, that would have been so hard, you know? And yeah. and then and then the next one, you know, giving birth to Jesus, like that's wonderful, great, but you're gonna do it in the cold, in a stable, in the mud. <laughs> You know, like, yeah. <laughs> poor Mary. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know, you know, I don't know. Did she go through, you know, the labor pains? And all? I think I, that's I, debatable. You know, yeah, exactly, but even but even just the, the physics of it, like yeah, to yeah. not be in a room, to be out in the cold. I mean, I don't know if it was cold, but, you know, to, yeah. to, at that time of year, to be in the dark almost, to be yeah, with the animals. Like, sure. I mean, that's the beauty of God's plan. But at the same time, from, a, from my perspective as a woman, I'd be like, well, I think I would rather have a cushy palace. I mean, yeah, come no on, kidding. a nice yeah. warm fire. You know, yeah. I mean, but that's the point, right? Exactly. That's the point. Exactly. That and she does exactly it so well. Point. Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a, yeah, it's a great, great reflection there for us. So what a, a tremendous, you know, gift that we have as, as mothers, you know, what was it? My son said the other day, they always come home with all these stories of the things that they did. Cause all of my kids are adults now and they come home with all the stories of things that they did on my clock, but I had no idea, right? You know, and like, <laughs> and I was lamenting something and my son looked at me and said, oh, mom, you did far more right than you did wrong. And I was like, well, okay, I guess I'll take that as a compliment. I don't know. But, uh, you know, kids are so wonderful and what a blessing it is as you look back. But at the time, everybody could say, enjoy these years, mm-hmm. enjoy these years, you know? <laughs> and, it, you know, and I was like you, yeah, it was like, it's one foot in front of the other. It really uh-huh. is, you know, uh-huh. and, you know, now I can look back and say, I wish I would have enjoyed it more. But but it truly I mean, there were times when I was on my knees praying, Lord, just let me see your face in him today, you know, mm-hmm. and and, you know, name the child, you know, it was somebody every day, you know. So it's like, you know, it just it, it truly is a surrender. And, and you you said it so beautifully that you can do it fighting, you know, mm-hmm. like the the ox in the the, you know, or the horse in the, the bridle mm-hmm. or. Or you can surrender and receive the graces that help you to make it through. Um, and I, I really love that analogy that mm-hmm. you gave. I'll use that many times. <laughs> so thank you for that. So what else do we want to talk about? We have about 10 minutes left. Well, let's see. Well, my last one was um, kind of what's the point or the main focus. So I, I think I just wanted to say that in the midst of everything is to keep your focus. You know, like I've, I've kind of talked about before about how the world gives you a view of things, like especially like I feel like social media and picture perfect and some of that stuff. Um, and they tell you this is what you should aspire to. But just to to, fo- to remember what, what's the real point. And I kind of stumbled on this one time when I was uh, reflecting. One of my sons was sitting in the other room and I, I caught a picture of him and he's playing with his little mass set and it was just so beautiful. And I was yeah. just thinking, oh, what if he weren't going to be a priest? Like, that would be so great. Yeah. And just, just realizing, though, but whatever happens in life, like, what's the point of all this? And it's, uh, how did I say it? It's about falling in love with God and allowing him to romance us into eternity. Mm-hmm. You know, in a sense, it's it's not about what we do. Like I said, God can take care of himself. And it's not about, you know, what our house looks like. And it's not about, you know, crossing X, Y, or Z. It's about surrendering to God each day, each moment, and teaching our children to do that and mm-hmm. to love him and letting, letting that love for God drive them and bring them. And, you know, it's just so 
horrific but beautiful at the same time. You know, like the, the horrific ooze of love that's messy and muddy and dirty but life-giving, you know, and it's just mm. the way God, I don't know, <laughs> I just get in, kind of caught up in the in the in the magnitude, but at the same time, the the beauty of it, like it's 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 such a dichotomy. Like God is, you know, it's beautiful and, and messy at the same time. But um, just surrendering, let's see, letting go of all the things that we think will satisfy, and and letting you know, cause so many times it's like, well, this is going to make me happy, and this is going to make me happy, and when I go here, then I'll be happy. When we take that vacation, then I'll be happy. When my husband gets this raise, then we'll be happy. And it's like. None of that is going to make you happy. If you're not happy now, you're not going to be happy with those. You know, yeah. it's it, true peace comes from God, knowing God and letting go of all of those. And I, that's so hard every yeah. day. You know, it's like that's one of those things I feel like I do in my prayer time, too, when I sit down and it's like I've got I feel like the kid with all the blocks. You know, he walks over to me. My one son the other day had like <laughs> he had his shirt full of blocks. He's like, oh, they're mine. They're mine. Yeah. And I was just thinking, like, that's how I feel so many times when I go to prayer and I have to slowly take them out one by one and say, all right, going to put that one down, but it's my favorite, but there you go. And then this one, and then this one, you know, and and it's only when our hands are empty, then we can receive joy and we can receive peace. And yeah, I'm not very good at emptying my hands. (laughs) You have to keep trying because you keep wanting to take it back every day, you know. Um, And then I had just this final thought. Bishop Barron always says that we let Jesus into the parlor of our house for one hour on Sunday. And the parlor, you know, for those who might not be the older generation, I never had a parlor. My parents didn't, I don't think, or maybe they did. They talk about it, you know, that it's the one room in the house that is meticulously clean and you do not use it for anything. And the the mom in me says, oh, what a blessed room that must be. You know, like, (laughs) can you imagine? But at the same time, it's empty and it's sterile, but it's like, we want to let Jesus into that room and nowhere else. And only for an hour on Sunday and then we're done, you know, and it's like, Oh, no, that's not what Jesus wants. Jesus is not satisfied with that. He wants into all the rooms in your house, in your heart. And it's like, so just invite him, you know, in humility. Invite him and show him the, the, the humbleness, you know, give him the tour, the leaky faucet and the torn bedspread, like show him everything because God is drawn to the poor and the weak yeah. and the lowly and the humble. And, you know, deep down inside, aren't we all poor and weak and broken yeah. and we need God. And it's like, why do we keep hiding from him? Why do we keep moving stuff around and acting like we can do it when we can't, yeah. you know, just surrender, <laughs> let him in, yeah. let him do what he needs to. It's like we, the physician can't heal the ailment you don't bring, you know? And yeah. so it's just like the more just um, letting him into all the rooms in your heart and all the rooms in your life. I remember I was reading this reflection um, I really, really loved, and it talked about, uh, I can't remember what it was, but um, it talked about this little saint and how she felt like like she was on a shelf, like a statue. And she's like, this is where God put me, and this is where I'll be, and this is what I will do because this is where God wants me right now. And like the devil was tempting her like, oh, shouldn't you be doing these things? Shouldn't you be all off worried about this? You're nothing, you're just on the shelf. And she's like, this is where God has put me and this is what I will do. Mm -hmm. You know, just that absolute surrender and trust and love and faith and hope that this is what God's working in me right now. And I don't need to be something I'm not and I don't need to force something I'm not. I just need to let him do what he wants with me. Well, and isn't it just so true that if we really knew exactly what God wanted from us, we might run the other way, right? Oh, yeah. But but if we embrace it, you know, a day at a time or a moment at a time, a minute at a time, you know, then, you know, we can look back and say, you know, and marvel at the glory of God. But, I, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I would have never guessed that I was going to have eight kids and, you know, yeah, no. homeschool and, you know, <laughs> I, it was not even in my wildest 
plans. You know, I'm not like you. I would not have made a good 60s, 60s woman. I, it would, it, you know, and it was not in my plan, you know, to, to do what I did. But, but I marvel at God and I'm grateful, you know. But had I known that, I told my husband, I probably would have run the other way on our wedding day. I would not, I was a no, no thank you if I would have known that that was where our life was headed. But um, that's the beauty, I feel like, of, of prayer and of, of sitting. Like we need to go and be still with God and we need to let him speak to us like and tell us these things because like you're saying like you weren't even at a place where you could hear it you know when you were first married and so you have to like go and be quiet and go and be still and God slowly tells you things and slowly nudges you about things and then you know just that little whisper in the back of your mind oh maybe it's this oh maybe it's that and I've really noticed this like going to confession regularly I can't say enough about confession yeah. like that's so yeah. such the beauty of that and reflecting in your soul and and then the more you go the more the grace spills in and the more you're able to see just these little things you know and and sometimes there's a bigger sin that you're not really aware of and then a little bit little bit little bit and you're like oh wow i you know you have to be brought to that place you can't just flip the switch and move way over you have to slowly bend back until you can see what god wants you to see and and go where he wants you to go and it's like the more we go to confession i always feel like that grace just comes and soaks us and it makes us soft and supple so god can like breathe in us and make us move where he wants you where we'll be most at peace like we think oh me i'm gonna be strong i'm gonna be stable i'm gonna build my life Mm -hmm. and god says no you're if you would just let me if you would be bendy i guess you know if you would be soft and supple so that when i speak you'll hear me you know my whisper and then you'll move and then the beauty of it will just flow and it's like we don't need to be afraid of where we're going or you know because he created all of this and it's beautiful mm-hmm. and it's just trusting yeah so you know i think that's the 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 other part of surrender you know is the jesus i trust in you right absolutely you know, just really giving it all to him and and realizing that he knows what's best for us and it's not easy that's for sure but uh it's a beautiful thing when it happens yeah, so. and and just making that choice every day, every moment, you know, yeah. and even when I'm oh gosh, I I moved away from God for a little bit, just coming back, you know, in my heart, come back. I always yeah. I love that picture of having like an altar in my heart, and I just come back to that altar, you know, yeah. like here I am, okay, I'm in the kitchen again, here I am in my altar, yeah. here I am yeah. with the kids, okay, well here we are before you, you know, like yeah. just everything. And my my one son, we were we've been focusing on Bible verses for Lent, and he's like, how can you pray all the time? Like, and I was just thinking as he was talking, I'm praying right now, buddy. Yeah. Right now, God is here. Yeah. Right now, God is with us. Right now, God is in this conversation. I didn't say that, but I was yeah. just thinking it. You know, yeah. like, he has no idea yet, but he will, hopefully. Yeah. Doing your morning <laughs> offering, you know, really, really offering the whole day. Yeah. And then that, you know, we were talking about this at our faith sharing group the other day. Just the the friendship, you know, just really having that conversation. Oh, thank you, Jesus. That could have been such a, you know, if I would have been five seconds later, I would have been in that accident. Thank you, Jesus. Or, mm-hmm. you know, just that convert, that ongoing conversation or Lord help me or forgive me you know I just really messed up Lord and I realize it now and that you know please forgive me you know Mm -hmm. and and just you know not to take away from confession because we still have to go to confession if it was you know especially if it was something really bad I love the idea of going every week and receiving the grace Mm -hmm. you know whether you have mortal sin or not Mm -hmm. just going and and being able to to really receive the grace to to live a better life because you know that's 
That's the tools that God has given us. He gave us the Eucharist. He gave us confession. He gave us, you know, baptism, confirmation, all the sacraments that he gave to us in order to someday be able to be with him in heaven because he knew it wasn't going to be easy. All right. Well, we have just about one minute. Would you be willing to lead us in a prayer? Okay. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Father, we just thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for all the listeners and all those whose lives are touched by the radio station. We thank you for moving their hearts and their generosity. We just ask that you would send out your spirit, that you would continue to soften hearts, that you would uh, push people, nudge them, let them listen and tell people, let them feel moved to uh, give and to remember that um, the more we give, that you are never outdone in generosity Mm -hmm. and that you love us and you desire us to give of ourselves so you may give us more. And we just ask that you would continue to bless this this, uh, ministry through the radio um, and continue to bless us. Um, And we just offer you all glory as we say, all glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to One Body Stewarding God's Creation. Heaven is unseen. So are these airwaves. But if you want to save souls for heaven, please go to dvmercy.com where your donation will be seen and appreciated. We're listening to the network of stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear his voice, pardon not your hearts.